1: It's Matthew and Judd from the TCL studios. TCL,
0: America's fastest growing TV brand. With the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? <laughs> Perfect. Vintage Joe Maurer. A double on a 3-2 pitch. And now here is Polanco. Final game of the year, and with a one-run lead, the Twins are going to change pitchers and catchers. How about this? Joe in tears. The love of a game of baseball. I don't know what he or the Twins could do to top this two, three, four years down the road. This has just been magical. But the batter, Belial the pitcher. It's been a long time since I've said said this, Maurer is the catcher. And it's just one pitch. What a moment. Joe Maurer will make an exit. Coming off the field for what might be the last hurrah.
1: It's just been like I told you, like an emotional roller coaster. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure.
2: And um, like I said, this. I want to make sure I have some time just to take a deep breath and uh, really be behind that decision. But um, you know, like I said, I, I couldn't have asked for a better last day of the
1: 2018 season. And. Um, I'm looking forward to just taking a breath and spending some time with my girls and, um, you know, my family. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. But like I said, with emotions running right now,
2: I, I, I don't want to say either way.
1: And they're in Manny Hill, Captain, with one of the great exits that we will see for a star player in yeah. this town. And make no mistake, it's an exit. Joe Maurer, there's a couple things at play here. One is kudos to the Twins and Maurer and his family and everybody who made yesterday incredibly special for everybody there, including the player himself. That was fantastic. But that's it. There is no coming back from that. There is no November, geez, I've thought through this, and you know what, I'd like to play two more years. That (laughs) is it. The Minnesota Twins did a fantastic job of patting you on the back, congratulating you on a fantastic career, and short of putting a microphone at home plate pregame and saying, give us a Gehrig-type speech, Joe. They did everything perfectly, and yesterday was one of... I went to the game at Target Field yesterday because I figured it was his last game, but Mm -hmm. I figured Mauer being Mauer, it wouldn't be much. He might get a hit or two, or there might be some type of, of... Video tribute, which they did do, and it might be sort of special, but what they came up with and having him come out in that catching gear at in the ninth and come down that tunnel to that sort of slow cook as we were all like, "What's going on here?" and to have him come out like that is one of the greatest non championship sports moments in this town that I can recall.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here struggling, Jug, to think. Of another sort of like you said, non championship winning moment, and I'm 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 dumbfounded right now. I can't think of another one. That's, the only other one was that when uh, we kind of talked about it earlier off air was uh, when KG came back when mm-hmm. they when Flip made the trade to bring KG back from uh, from Brooklyn in mm-hmm. that first game against the Wizards, and he was in the starting lineup, and they played the the, the video on the on the big screen and. That's the only other thing I could think of in terms of non championship moments.
1: Yeah, and that was made, and that was awesome in and of itself because KG was coming back mm-hmm. and that there had been uh, certainly some bitterness between Kevin and Glenn Taylor. And Flip sort of at the time, it's now gone downhill again, but Flip at the time before he passed smoothed that over. And so seeing KG back and Mackie Wetmore and I actually watched that game uh, from spring training in Fort Myers. And watching that atmosphere was incredible. But this might be the greatest send-off, because I was trying to think through, through this, the greatest send-off that a Minnesota athlete has ever gotten. Because if you think about it, and I brought this up to uh, Patrick yesterday, I said, name me another twin who we knew this was it. And with Maurer, in Maurer's case, I don't care what he says, this was it. So in Killebrew, in Killebrew's situation in 73 or so, He went, he bounced from here to KC for a poor year there and retired, but he didn't go out as a twin. Carew was traded, and we knew Carew was done, but Carew was still very good, right? Yeah. So Carew Carew was not winding down a career. What about Herbie? Herbeck actually is an interesting one. I'm trying to remember because that was 94, right? That was the strike year, It was, and I got responses on this. Herbeck had signed a five-year contract. And 94 was last year of his contract. And Herbeck had said, when I'm done, I'm done. The strike was expected. So Herbeck got ovations at at the Metrodome. But the strike, I believe the Twins were in Oakland and it was August or late July. And that wiped out the entire season. Mm -hmm. So there was no sort of official team-sanctioned farewell. Torrey Hunter comes close. But if you recall, they were talking to Torrey at that time about coming back. Mm-hmm. And I think actively wanted Tori back. In Joe's case, I think they're done. Yeah, I think the Twins are done here. But in Tori, in his situation, he was thre- threatening to retire. They did a video tribute to him, and it was very nice. And I was covering the Vikings that day, so I couldn't go. But I don't recall it being this final because there was, I think, more of a w- window open because he had been so impactful in 2015, correct? Mm-hmm. He had been so impactful in that year that they were trying to get him back. This was, that was the
3: dance parties and all that
1: stuff. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. This this was the final day of the eight year, twenty three million dollar, as far as people were concerned, noose around their neck, mm-hmm. and the twins did, and everybody was fantastic. Yeah, it was perfect. I, I just I'm trying to describe this as as both a fan, and and a realist. Because the fan in me completely appreciates this. Yeah. It was really cool. But if you think for one second they went to all of that to have Joe on December 13th say, I, Hey, I'm, you know what? I think I got another year left. No, they yeah. didn't. Yeah. Like, you don't do you don't do all <laughs> of that. You don't bring him out in catching gear. You don't orchestrate that with Joe, with the family, for him that, then to say, See you in Fort Myers. I'll be playing first base again. Yeah. So
3: the only yeah. the only thing I'll say that would have made that moment yesterday even more perfect, I guess, is if they were playing the Tigers and Guardy was on oh, the, sure. in the other dugout. Yep. that would have been that would have made it that much better. Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously, you know, with the scheduling and everything, you have no control over that. But that would have been if they were playing the Tigers That's instead true. of the White Sox. That would have been even really more so cool with Guardy being on the other. Uh, in the other dugout. That would have been really cool.
1: Now, here's a question that popped into my mind. Joe obviously did all his post-game stuff on the field with Fox Sports North. And then he came in and did a press conference in the main press conference room. And he sat there. And I think it was about a 10-minute session. And as Joe was talking, Manny, I was thinking to myself, where has this guy been? (laughs) If you go... If you go and listen to that and listen to what Joe said and listen to how he told the story about how he came to catch one pitch on Sunday and listen to him talk about his family and the day itself. And the day itself, the catching thing was great. If it hadn't happened, the day still would have been fantastic because his his twin girls being at first base before the game was great. The in-game video tributes were fantastic. The seventh inning at bat was we went to Central Mauer, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Opposite, Opposite field, double. Yes, yep.
1: yes. And so if you are Joe, though, go through the stories and talk about what this day meant to him. I kept thinking to myself, where's this guy been? If he had shown, and, and this is not to say that on Sunday he became an open book, but he showed us a person and a personality. Yeah. And I'm sitting there listening to him thinking, Joe, Yo, if you had gone down even this path a little bit for the last... Fifteen years, I think the feeling about you in this town is very different. I think those who and, and I get it. Joe had fans, a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. A lot of people bought his jersey. Totally get that, myself but, included. Right, but there were a lot yep. of people. There were a lot of people who said he's not competitive. He's got no fire. He can't hit for power. A, a lot of things that were incorrect about Joe. But the Joe that we saw yesterday. It was different from the Joe Completely we've seen different.
3: for the last decade and a half.
1: Where's that guy? Where's that guy been? Yeah, it doesn't take a lot.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe he just felt that. Maybe that is kind of the the telltale sign that that this is it. Is that he just finally decided that it was just he had the freedom to just be a little bit more open, a little bit more candid about stuff. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you. It's like we're so where the hell has that been for the last 10, 12,
1: 13 years? Well, and it's not, you, you know, it's not as if he flipped a switch. Like he wasn't, he didn't start telling jokes and doing stand up, but he was just, he was basically the fact that he appreciated it so much and went into detail to talk about w- what it meant to him and how how his dad, Jake, had suggested to his wife that it'd be great if he could catch one pitch mm-hmm. and how that evolved and all of those things. This was a guy, even if he had been that guy, it would have been fantastic. You know, if if in 2000 and was it 14, if the Twins had opened up their stupid medical dictionary and come up with bilateral leg weakness and Joe had told reporters flat out, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I got problems with my yeah. knees. He tried to say that, but if he had just said, "That's a goofy." I don't know what they're trying to do here, but I got problems with my knees, and that's the issue. Yeah. I think people would have been like, "Oh, okay, I get it. I get you a lot more than or he didn't do that. No, he didn't say anything. I, he never did. But yesterday was. I can't stress enough. Uh, what a great job the Twins did. That's oh, one it of the was, was one perfect. Uh, Perfectly drawn up. The tone was absolutely perfect. Yeah. And, and for them not to, and what made it so special was, and at first I was like, I'm not sure that it was a good idea not to, but now I was definitely wrong here to not sell it as Joe Mauer day, you know, just to be show up at the ballpark, see what, what happens and for it to unfold like it did. Was absolutely fantastic, and yeah. it all came together perfectly. You and couldn't kudos draw it up any to everybody, Molitor, Maurer, the Twins' front office, everybody. Yeah, it uh, was we, fantastic. I take it we've got a final here. Yes, the National League Central champions have just been uh, crowned. The Brewers go into Wrigley Field and beat the Cubs three to one. Is that correct? Correct.
3: Yes. So, so uh, the that's Brewers all will now. be hosting in the. Uh, LDS yep. they they clinched the uh, best record in the National League so they have, they will have the Brewers will have home field advantage throughout the National League
1: and that's a fantastic story great yes. story and so now we're going to get here shortly the uh Rockies and Dodgers mm-hmm. and so the loser of that game now I take it will travel to Chicago correct I believe so yep to play the Cubs, play the in, Cubs the in the wild card playoff one game wild card playoff so basically you had two you had two game 163 today's but unlike the old days they're not elimination games in this case all the teams had made the playoffs. What they have to do is seed the teams into the correct round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it's now going to be Cubs hosting either the Rockies or Dodgers in a wild card game. And then the Brewers will advance to play, and as you said, have home field in the National Brewers
3: League. Brewers are I a mean, real I mean. cool story, man. I mean, the, the whole Josh Hader thing, that's, you know, I'm not going to get into that. Sure. but. But if you, I mean, outside of that, it's a really cool story with like Christian Yelich, probably going to win the National League MVP, might, could potentially win the Triple Crown. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he would be able to win that or not, but um, it's, it's a really cool story. Craig Council is doing a great job. It's, uh, it's really cool.
1: And Twins fans have one very simple question. Why can't that be us? Yeah. But you look at the yeah. trades that they made. Lorenzo Cain from Kansas City, correct? Yelich. Yelich, who was who the Marlins, of course, are crazy. And then they went and got Moustakis. Moustakis and Jonathan yep. Scope. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're going for it. Good for them. You got you to tip your hat to them. They're going for it. Good for them. That's the one. I think that's a one very fair question in this town about lots of, of our teams at times, right? Yeah. Why don't you go for it? Go for it. And Just the Twins and... certainly have gotten that question. Just oh, yes. Go for
3: it. Yeah, plenty of times.
1: All right, let's take a break. Uh, Mackie and Judd's the show. We're from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil will join the show as usual at 4 o'clock. Collar will join as well at 5 o'clock for the football hour. If you went to the Twins game on Sunday and have a reaction to the uh, Joe festivities, 651-646-8255, 651-646-8255, is it the coolest non-championship moment that you've seen in this town 651-646-8255. Mackie and Judd right now is Zolgad and Manny Hill.
0: People, people, I have an important announcement.
1: Mackie and Judd
0: are back after this brief timeout on 1500 ESPN. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and Judd on
3: 1500 ESPN. Quick look at your traffic brought to you by Vasper Stain. Uh, everything moving fairly smoothly right now around the metro. Uh, 94 eastbound, though. We do have a little bit of debris on the roadway uh, that is near Radio Drive in Oakdale. So be on the lookout for that if you're headed eastbound uh, towards, uh, towards Wisconsin. So be on the lookout for that. Cooler weather is deck-staining weather, so hurry to Lowe's and save on new Vasper one-coat exterior stain. Just buy one and get the second one half price uh, through October 3rd only at Lowe's.
1: Thank you, sir. Brewers beat the Cubs 3-1 to earlier today. Just completed game in a game 163, so the Brewers uh, go to the NLDS. The Cubs will go to the one-game wildcard playoff. And right now on the uh, TCL broadcast uh, from the TCL broadcast studios on our TCL TV Rockies and Dodgers 0-0 in the bottom of the first in another game, 163. These are not elimination games. They're just to uh, determine the seating. Let's go to the
2: phone lines. Hello,
1: Paul. How are you? Good. How are you? I am fantastic. Good to hear from
2: you. I, I am glad to hear you are somewhat emotional about this because you come off as the curmudgeon of the radio. And, and... <laughs> He's the new Roycey, Paul. He's the no, new Roycey. No, I, lo- I I love
1: sports moments like that. It's why I like sports.
2: Okay, a question. Did you have tears in your eyes at all? Were you at all choked up?
1: Uh, choked up and welled up. I, I wasn't actively crying, but I mean, yes, I was definitely choked up. It's hard not I, to. I have, I'm glad to hear that. Oh, I really yeah. am. <laughs> no, I know. I, was, I, I told you, when the Capitals were parading the cup around the ice last spring, I was crying, and my wife's like, Why are you crying? And I said, Because <laughs> Ovechkin finally got the cup. No, it's why I love sports. You're such a nerd.
3: You were crying over Ovechkin winning? Yes. You're such
2: Uh, a nerd. I love it. Yeah, You're softening in your old age. I I, I was at Herbeck's last game, and it was not in Oakland. It was at the Dome. Mm. It was August August 10th. Right. Uh, He came to bat with the bases loaded three times, and he almost hit two grand slams. (laughs) Uh, he, He pulled it foul, both of them. Uh, and he finally, I think he finally ended up getting a single or a double in his last at-bat to knock in a couple runs. And the irony of ironies, you know who the right fielder was that day for Boston?
1: Uh, Tom Bernanski. Exactly. Yeah.
2: yeah exactly. Yep. So, uh, yep. yeah, I was there because he was, he was my all-time favorite. But you, you can't help but watch yesterday. And uh, I was a little disappointed with the national coverage. I flipped over to MLB Network, and they showed it. Uh, not live, but uh, they kind of lumped Joe in with Beltre being his last day, and uh, a couple other guys that might not be with the same team anymore. They they did, they they talked about it a little bit. Yep. But um, you know, unfortunately, baseball is getting the back seat on a Sunday afternoon in September, and and so a lot of this stuff uh, gets. Gets put on the back burner because of football. Absolutely. But, uh, you know what, Paul?
3: I I wonder if it would have. I wonder if it kind of helped the Twins yesterday too that that the Vikings were not playing yesterday. The Vikings had already played the game on Thursday, and I wonder if that might have helped the crowd too for the Twins because if the Vikings were playing, who knows? Because what what was it, Judd? Like 30,000 30, yesterday? Thirty thousand plus. Yep. Yeah, oh stronger. really?
2: because yep. I did. I didn't watch the game. I happened to turn it on. I was gone all day. I happened to turn it on at the top of the ninth, so I saw the, the, that part, uh, and I wondered in my head, "Gee, I wonder how many people even know what's going on today?" Because the Twins have been so off the radar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the last since July. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that there was there was a lot of people there in this awful weather. So good crowd. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate yep. the call. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah. No.
1: My point about uh, Herbeck's last game in '94. So let's see here. Herbeck's last game. All right. Was August 10th, and that was their their last game. I was thinking that they were on the road, but yeah, it, it says road. here August 10th against Boston. Twins beat the Red Sox 17 to seven. Jim Deshaies won. Seventeen to seven. Seventeen to seven to pull to fifty three and sixty, and then I think that was it. So okay. So Kent's last game was at home. Uh, But I was just trying to think back to, like, something that was even close to being this special. The other great thing about Sunday was the fact that it was not only done perfectly, but it was done perfectly in a Mauer fashion. Right? (laughs) Because if you had declared it Mauer Day, if you had, you know, this day is for Joe. One, Joe's not going to like that. And two, it sort of runs counter to who Joe is. Mm Mm-hmm. But just to have the catching thing kept that quiet. Because he's not
3: big on like the, the oh. fanfare and all that stuff. Yeah. You know? Not
1: at all. And just to have kept the catching thing that quiet. But the catching thing to me was off the charts.
3: That was the moment of the that was the moment of the afternoon right there. The I mean the, the double yes. the, the double in the seventh was great, but him walking out with the catcher's gear on and then the crowd just going nuts. Yes. And you could see like you could look into his eyes and you could tell like this was a big emotional moment for him too. That's that was the moment of the day
1: because because our last remembrance of of athletes or people in in lots of cases when they're on the stage at which they excel is so important, mm-hmm. Manny. I wonder what that's going to do now for assuming Joe does not come back, which I don't think he will. I wonder what that's going to do now in four years with, when you mentioned Maurer. Hmm. Because, I, you know, in this town, we, we act like we can be tough, but we love to forget and forgive, and we love to change narratives if possible. People just do. But if you were always down on Joe, Joe's not competitive. Where's the heart? Where's the bat? You know, he never breaks a helmet. He doesn't slam a bat. Right? So mm-hmm. if that was you, and now you're thinking, I just saw that guy cry. Yeah, on the field, which was great. No zero zero judgment about it. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that changes how people now who possibly were on the fence or just didn't like his his lack of personality are going to perceive him.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I for me, I mean, I, I guess I can only speak for myself. I mean, my opinion on Joe has always been the same that it was to me. It was more than just hitting home runs. Like he didn't need to be a home run hitter. Like he was a terrific hitter without having to hit a lot of home runs. And the contract I've always said, look, the contract is what, you know, the contract was what it was. They had to sign him. Mm -hmm. If they would have let him walk, he would have went to Boston or New York or somewhere. And then all the people that were sitting here mad because of the contract would have, they were the, they would have been the same people that would have been mad at the twins for letting him walk. Absolutely. So they so they had to sign him to that contract and at the time he was worth every penny. Worth every penny. He was coming off the the MVP season, the best like the best offensive season like in history, like one of the best offense certainly for a catcher, but one of the best greatest hitting seasons for anybody
1: mm-hmm.
3: in the history of baseball. And I mean they had to sign him to that contract. So I mean that's but the greatness of Maurer is this. So my,
1: my, my opinion of him has never changed
3: or has never even really wavered over the
1: years at all. The greatness of Joe and, and what we now forget, especially uh, since the move to first base in 2014, is the fact that no American League catcher, history of the league, no, no American League catcher has won a batting title, except for Joe, who's won three of them. <laughs> Joe Maurer is a Hall of Fame catcher. Now whether he has the longevity or the votes to get into Cooperstown I don't know. But if you just look, if you just do the math on what Joe Mauer did while playing one of the most taxing position positions probably in all of sports, yeah. Manny Hill. Joe Mauer is a Hall of Fame catcher and there's no question about it. And he did it at a
3: high level, Judd,
1: for a decade. That's yeah, that's what 10 I'm, years. Right. I mean <laughs> and, and let's and, and in that case, the home runs don't matter. No. And he had two thousand nine, where I believe he hit twenty eight or so. Twenty eight, yep. Okay. But the home runs when you're catching and you are and you are hitting like he did, the power, if it comes is fine. If it doesn't, it's fine. But I do I just go back from a from a PR standpoint. To the guy I saw on Sunday, and I think if you had just shown that a little bit more, I really think people... Because you know this town. And to Paul's point, by the way, I am a cynic and, and a pessimist about things. But here's the problem that I perceive in sports and especially in this town. Not all of us, so I'm not speaking for every sports fan. But far too many of us are so anxious, and this partially comes from Sid, because Sid started this years ago, and Patrick has talked about this, so anxious to drink the (laughs) Kool-Aid that we don't have the ability to separate what's special and what's not. Mm -hmm. A Vikings victory is not necessarily that special. Like, you can look at a Vikings victory, and I can pick it apart for you, and there's five faults sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But we have too many people in this town are completely blind to the obvious so that when something special does happen, it's hard to appreciate it. The malware thing was incredibly special. Mm -hmm. But you know what? The twins stunk. It It was was a a disappointing season. It was an incredibly disappointing year. And if you're a Mauer fan and you don't think that that was a shove out the door, you're the craziest loon there's ever been. <laughs> yeah. but, I can, but I can also stop here and appreciate it, can't you? Oh, without question. Yeah. But I think the problem is the perception is if you also say, you know what, that was a pretty good pat on the back and it, it's been great. See you later. See you later, yeah. If you don't think that, You're not paying attention to this whole thing. And he's
3: not going to go play anywhere else. No, he's not. Of course he's not. So if they are preferring to not have him back, then he's just going to be done. Yes. But
1: I just, I feel like the, if you're a pessimist at all in this town, I feel that people are like, well, then you just don't really like sports. I love sports. And I love special moments. The key being special moments.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't think uh I don't like a wolves three game win streaks a special moment, right? (laughs) You know, so it's just it's frustrating because there's so there's too many people conditioned in this town to want to drink every last bit of Kool Aid, and that's how you dilute the truly special moments. What's your gut feeling tell tell you about his Hall of Fame status? I think he's got a really good chance because I don't think the perception of him. Outside this town is the same as inside this town. I agree. I think he will get in. He's a Hall of Fame catcher. You can't. You can't. You basically, if Joe Maurer had taken a foul tip against the Mets on August nineteenth, two 2013, and crumbled to the ground, and they said, Joe, you can't play ever again. It's too dangerous. You're done playing. Mm -hmm. Around this time, he would be going into Cooperstown. Yeah. I don't think there's any debating it because of what you said. It, the, the length of the greatness w- when he caught three batting titles in a league where no catchers won a batting title. And you know what? This
3: almost makes me even more upset that he got robbed of that gold glove last year. Because he should have won the gold glove oh, at first got, base last year. He got completely screwed out yeah, of that. Screwed, yes. And if you if you have a gold glove, you won a gold glove as a catcher, which yep. he did, what, three three or four times? I think. Yep. How, many, yes. how many gold gloves did he win? Yeah, I think
1: six All-Star games and three gold gloves, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, and then you convert over to first base.
3: Okay, you have a couple blah kind of years, but then you come back like last year, have a, good, have a good hitting season, and then win a gold glove, which he should have won last year. I don't think there's any question that he's a Hall of Famer. You win a gold glove at two different positions? Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. And he should have gotten that glove last year. But that I, that enrages me.
1: I think the writers, I think they're going to have the ability to dismiss the first base stuff altogether. Yeah, because you don't go and crunch those statistics that he compiled while catching. You don't find those. People don't do <laughs> that. People don't do that, and and I really do believe the national view of Joe is very different and much more positive. Yeah. Because what's the knock here? He got paid too much. Nobody nationally gives a damn about that. And by the way, he didn't. But they don't give a damn about that. The power, but as a catcher, the power is a non-factor as far as I'm concerned. And that's where he his hit, primary well, years. Right? Well, and he hit
3: for average, so who
1: cares? Exactly. So he he hit that's 300 out. Three hundred every so, year. So that's out. What's the joke? Four six three. Well, that's not going to be considered. That's that's just that was just a joke. Everybody everybody grounds in a double. Place. Exactly. So, tell me nationally, if you watch this guy and saw him win three batting titles and you're about to vote and you get your ballot and you sit down, what's your knock on Joe going to be? It's going to be few and far, but it's going to be the fact he got hurt and got shifted in positions,
3: and I'm sorry, it wasn't all his fault that they couldn't beat the
1: Yankees in the playoffs. well, that's the interesting i look <laughs> yeah that, that's so I mean, <laughs> so I looked that up today. So he, the Twins uh, qualified for the postseason five times during the course of Joe's career. He was injured and missed 2004. So he had four postseason appearances in which the Twins went 0-10 and he hit 275. But they had success still. Mm -hmm. And he won batting titles as a catcher. I honestly believe that most of the things held against Joe in this town will be dismissed nationally as non-factors. What is coming up, Manny Hill, in your four very important thoughts?
3: Yes, four deep thoughts will make a uh, return appearance. Uh, I think just the second time since, uh, since Mackie and Judd has been this, in correct. this time slot. I think that's correct. Yes. Uh, what uh, you got an, for us? An old bit we did with the ride with Royce. Um, I've got lots of football stuff. Um, Earl Thomas, the Browns, Dirk Cutter, and uh, a very, very, very questionable... Quite frankly, that, I think, stupid play call that we saw on Saturday in Happy Valley. The Mackie
0: and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On 1500 ESPN. <laughs> Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off! On 1500 ESPN. We now present Many Hills, Four Deep Thoughts.
3: All right.
1: Four deep thoughts, sir.
3: Yeah. Uh, Let's start with uh, deep thought number one here. A guy that desires to be the best player at his position in the history of this league. And Earl
0: is a phenomenal young man. You know, that brings us to Pete Carroll. And what a great job he's done. He's seen the transformation of this defensive team with all of the great names before. And then he has a Michael Kendricks who is playing... Waiting for an appeal for a suspension, and he has Earl Thomas who wasn't happy with his contract. And to bring this team together like he has, you know, shows, uh, I think, really uh, great coaching skills.
3: Yeah, okay, Dick Stockton. Yeah, whatever you say. Um, Yeah, so Earl Thomas broke his leg yesterday in uh, the game against the Arizona Cardinals. And of course, we know the big story on Earl Thomas that he was holding out for a new contract. And uh, now I think, uh, Judd. If you're Le'Veon Bell, uh, you have some uh, validation for what you're doing right now to the Pittsburgh Steelers by holding out because uh, Earl Thomas rolled the dice after holding out. He showed up to play, and now he's probably out for the season, has probably played his last game in a Seahawks uniform because he broke his leg yesterday uh, without a new contract. So.
1: Yeah. The best part, though, the best part is still when Earl's being carted off the field, yep. and, and he's towards the Arizona sideline, and he looks across to his sideline, and, and he doesn't give a thumbs up. He doesn't mouth, "I'll be okay" or "I'll be yeah. back." He flips him the bird. Yeah, little, little one finger. And Pete there. Carroll said today, "I didn't see that, but I get it. He's just frustrated." Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you didn't see it. Pete. Well, here's the problem. Just like you
3: didn't know the uh, sanctions against USC were coming before you left there. Okay, here's yep. the
1: here's the issue too. That there was a report today. Seattle evidently has been trying to trade Earl and grant his request to be dealt and been asking steadfastly for a second round pick. There was a report today that Seattle in recent days had been like, you know what? Okay, we'll take a later round pick, not second round, and now the poor guy's hurt. Yeah, it's uh.
3: Quite unfortunate.
1: This reminds me of uh, the Packers. I believe it was 2005 when Javon Walker was coming off the great year with Favre in mm-hmm. 04 and yep. Javon held out. And Brett went to the media and said, "I would never do such a thing to my team. I can't." And so Javon, I think, was guilted. He came back, went to Detroit, and if I'm not mistaken about this, tore his ACL. So, get your money while you can. I guess. Yep. All right. Thought number two.
0: Car can't fuck anyone. Ball comes loose. Uh, this play was blown dead. A first down, oh, ends it. No, no, no. But. This one is close.
2: The runner's elbow was down and the ball was short for the wow. 19-yard line. It'll be fourth.
3: So uh, the Cleveland Browns lost to the Oakland Raiders in overtime uh, yesterday. And um, first there was a situation with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Browns were up by one. And uh, the first part of that highlight that you heard was the uh, Browns basically sandwiching Derek Carr in the pocket. The ball came loose. It looked like it was going to be a scoop and score for Cleveland, but they blew the play dead as soon as, like, basically two players got close to Derek Carr and, like, collided with him. Before, Carr didn't even go down. Like, the ball came out. It was clearly a fumble. It clearly should have been a scoop and score for Cleveland. And uh, instead it was blown dead. Now, the Browns did. They forced the punt and they did go down to score in the ensuing possession. But still, I mean, that could have completely changed the game. And then the second part of that highlight, Mm -hmm. uh, they were trying to run for a first down to ice the game. And uh, it looked like they did get the first down. It was ruled that they did get the first down. And then they reviewed it and um, reversed it pulled the ball back about another inch or so and then the Browns had to I
1: watched this how did review get them there how on earth did they review that and not call it a first down I don't know I I mean I got one name though I have no idea idea. one name Walt Anderson (laughs) he's been around forever and he stinks he's not very good he was the uh, official the problem with the car play, though, is this is the paranoia, right? Yeah. About quarterbacks, this is the ultimate paranoia about. Oh my gosh, he looks like he might be hit. He, oh, we don't want to get him hit. Let's blow the whistle. But the ball's out, and he's not down. Let's let that play just sort of go and run its course, right? Yeah. Is, is it really that tough? Walt Anderson, though, Manny Hill—that—that that is the reason why there were at least I mean, two, if not they, more, blown calls yesterday. It was. In that game. It
3: wasn't even like it wasn't even like car was. Halfway to the ground, and then no. he blew the whistle. Like it was basically the moment the Browns made contact
1: with Derek Carr. Yes, but that's the par- that's <laughs> the whistle. That's yeah. that's where we're at now. Protect the quarterbacks at all costs, and I guarantee you the league won't be happy about this. But they will side with. Uh, well, he was trying to protect the uh, quarterback here. But, yeah, Walt is, uh, I believe we could safely say that Walt is past his prime when it comes to officiating national football league games.
3: All right, thought number three is uh, not my favorite, but it's pretty funny. Do you
0: at all consider making a change as defensive
1: coordinator? Based on that game today, we couldn't make enough changes. We should
0: fire every person that was on that field today, starting with me. That was that was horrific. <laughs>
3: That was uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Dirk Cutter after their 48-10 loss to Chicago in which Mitchell Trubisky, who your co-host partner Phil Mackey was comparing to Christian Ponder just a couple of weeks ago, threw six touchdown passes against Mike Smith's defense in the Buccaneers. Mike Smith, former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, nice, real nice guy. Really nice guy. I'm not sure he's a
1: great D.C. DC. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask you a question? What has happened to defenses in this league? Is this a byproduct of all the rules being for offense? I think it's part of it. These scores are ridiculous, and I'm sure the league is ecstatic. And everybody, it's it's going to drive people to watch.
3: So the league's going to love it. Well, what do you have? Like four four quarterbacks that are on three or four quarterbacks are on pace to break the yard single season yardage record. It's nuts. That's absurdity. But these scores
1: now, this is.
3: Kubisky threw six touchdowns yesterday. You, Come
1: on, Manny. If you sit down and look at these scores, it looks like arena football league games. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's un, it's un, it's unbelievable. It's nuts. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And uh, yeah, Dirk Cutter. Yeah, you you know what? <laughs> you started out well. You were two and zero. Got a nice win in New Orleans to start the year, but uh, you've lost two in a row. And now you've you've benched Fitz Magic. You put you put Jameis oh, in gone. the game yesterday. And
1: they announced today that, that they've got a bye week and then they play. They've n- announced Jameis is their quarterback oh boy. going forward, which does not surprise me, but I still I don't trust him one bit. They got four and twelve written all over him, man. And he will, no. yes, he, he will get fired. He will be fired. He may not
3: even survive the season. That's what I predicted. All right. Thought number four is my favorite one, and uh we're running a little low on time, so I won't have too much time to rant on this one. Gotta hurry.
0: Just get it off. Sanders. Smother. Chase Young, another big play. Ohio State to stop and takes over they played right into the hands of what ohio state wanted i have to be honest i am shocked by the play call (laughs) after a couple timeouts meetings on the sideline i really thought you put the ball in the hands of trace mcsorley with the option to run or throw and instead a zone read and they hand it off
3: yeah, Go Penn ahead. State and Ohio State. James Franklin, what the hell was that? It's 4th and 5. You've got your all-world quarterback, Trace McSorley, who has made countless amount of big throws for you over the last couple of years. And it's 4th and 5. And you're down run. by a point. And he can run. Yes. And he had been running all day. Yes, he had. And you run a zone read handoff
1: on 4th and I've got five? more questions for you. What the hell was that? Answer me this. I watched that entire game, and it was fun. It was fantastic. Terrific game. Loved it. it. But, all right. So that play is about to be run. Penn State timeout. Makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. All right. They go back to the line of scrimmage. Ohio State timeout. Get that. Now, I didn't know this. If there's an interrupting timeout, you can use another timeout. Yep. So they go back to the line again. James Franklin now sees what Ohio State comes out of their timeout to do. Calls timeout. So now we've had two Penn State timeouts and three total. So three total so timeouts. Answer me this. How's that your play then? I don't know. That's what I was trying Inside to say. Inside zone out. read. Inside zone read on fourth and five. Fourth and five. And Franklin fell on the sword post game, but my God, he had to. Oh, have. he should That deserved... was his call. Yeah. Well, and then I love, and can we please, I got to confront my partner about this because he started this with me like three years back. Can we please stop prefacing this with I hate to question play calling? Oh that question that Phil's that, always been like you that can't, play when I, I mean, used to rip on mussy musgrave Phil would be like, you don't know what he's trying to – and I'd say, Phil, it's a lousy call. And then last year I said, Pat Shermer, watch him.
3: He's great. Or like on those third and nines where Chili would call a, a
1: yes. three-yard out please? to Nafahu Tahi. Can we never preface yeah. Can we never preface opinions <laughs> on play calling with saying that was the stupidest bleeping thing I, I've ever – that was the what? stupidest thing I've I, seen.
3: I, You know what? I kind of lean towards Phil on – I don't usually like to question play calling, but in situations like that, right. on fourth and five, that was the dumbest play call I've ever seen in my life.
1: If you have a dumb play call or a dumb play caller, though, don't you know? Bill Musgrave did some bizarre things. Yeah. Norv did some weird things. Shermer was fantastic. Chili did some weird things. Chil- oh, Chili did some horrendous uh, things. Third and 13. And third and 13. Let's get
3: this three-yard dump off to <laughs> Nafaru Tahi.
1: Yes. Is that not stupid? Uh. <laughs> Is that not just flat-out stupid? Um. Uh, um. and those are uh, Manny's four deep thoughts that was great stuff alright TCL Broadcast Studios uh, Mackie and Judd Phil will join at the top of the hour right now Zolgad, Manny Hill if you are uh, paying attention or would like to do baseball, Colorado and the Dodgers top of inning number 3 zero, 0 Brewers beat the Cubs earlier today to advance to the NLDS Cubs go to the one game wild card Mackie and Judd will return shortly.
0: Just a reminder: this station does not endorse this. On fifteen hundred ESPN, Mackie and Judd now continue.
3: What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. Quick check on your traffic: things are uh, moving rather smoothly around the metro right now. I do have uh, ninety-four eastbound. Do have a traffic incident reported. Uh, near Cretan Vandalia Street in uh, St. Paul. Uh, that may slow things down just a tad if you're headed eastbound on 94. This uh, traffic update was brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. Join the Better Business Bureau at the Torch Awards for Ethics. BBB's Torch Award embodies Better Business Bureau's mission of advancing trust in the marketplace. 14 businesses will be honored at U.S. Bank Stadium October 24th. Purchase tickets at bbb.org slash Minnesota. And uh, Judge Zolgad just got a phone call during the break uh, asking me if Amari Stoudemire had signed with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I was thinking, <laughs> what? No, I don't think so. Then I had to jump on Twitter and check and see, like, maybe did something just happen like in the last hour? Did they sign or whatever? Yeah. Uh, apparently... Uh, on Google, and I don't know if they fixed it or not, but uh, the war, the twins, the twins, the Timberwolves and the uh, Warriors played a exhibition game on Saturday, correct? And on um, which the Wolves won one fourteen one ten. Well, apparently Google had, uh, and I don't know if they fixed it or not, but Google apparently had Anthony Tolliver's line score uh-huh. uh, written down as Amari Stoudemire. Wow. Okay. Um. Well, then, fifteen points, four rebounds, confusion. two assists, and uh, yeah, Tyler had a good game. Five of ten from three, and all that stuff. He, was, he had a nice game, but apparently Google uh, had had it listed as a Mari. <laughs> well, wolves do not need another
1: old man on their team. <laughs> I think we can safely say that the wolves the wolves have reached their cap on old men. Wasn't uh, uh, Mari was rumored in the
3: uh, KG trade talks? Wasn't he back, back in two thousand
1: eight? Probably was. Yeah, at that time. At that time, I we think were probably KG excited about those. To,
3: I think it was Garnett was going to go to Phoenix yeah. and play with Nash.
1: And, and the, then Amari
3: was going to come here.
1: And by the way, so the Butler thing is now completely quiet. Is that right? Yeah, I, I haven't heard I didn't see a report. I haven't, I, heard,
3: I haven't heard or seen anything in the last couple of days.
1: I saw a report early Friday from somebody that that Houston was back in or was in, in a big way potentially, and that sort of died down by afternoon. What does Houston have to, to- who knows? Who knows? I mean, unless you're sending James Harden but or Chris Paul, then the point, no. The no point, thanks. The point being, since then, I haven't seen one thing. And I saw Tibbs saying we're not going to let it distract It's some BS from Tibbs. <laughs> but since then on Friday, I have not seen one thing. So I take it at the right things are going right now. They are essentially holding him hostage in hopes the teams now come to them with more or in Tibbs' hope that he can talk Jimmy for a 14th time into staying or something.
3: But Judge, the season starts in sixteen no, days.
1: Manny, I'm totally with you. It starts in sixteen days. I am asking. I am asking what's going on. So what are they? I can't what figure are, what out. Are,
3: what are they going to do? I have no I idea. Mean, you you, you got to. I mean, sixteen. But you're I mean, discuss, it's, it's you're two dis, weeks.
1: Your disgust is totally justified. I just don't. I can't figure out what they're doing. Yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense.
3: You're talking sixteen days before you have to go to San Antonio and play the first game of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean get get something done. I mean, you cannot let this bleed into the regular season. But
1: are they are they prepared now to do just that and send him home and suspend him and just have him sit out?
3: Which is also really 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 stupid.
1: I'm just I'm I don't know what they're doing. I can't figure I told you. I think Tibbs is a spurned executive and I think this is the a quarrel that I don't I don't get. It's not
3: just so ridiculous.
1: This quarrel is only this team. This too. quarrel is only not this team based in common sense, as far as I can figure out. Only
3: this team. It never fails. I was any other team I was sitting, Judd would have gotten a would have gotten a deal done, would have found some way to get a deal done. I was sitting by Royce seat
1: at the Twins game on Sunday, and I looked at him and I said, We're a bleeping mess. The Wolves the Wolves are completely off the off the rails again after it looking like they had gotten on the tracks. Um, the Twins are coming off a terrible season, and I, I'm not sure that they won't make some very big changes in the next couple of days. Very uncertain future. yeah. Uncertain future and a complete mess. The Vikings have a great defensive coach, and it appears the league has now mandated that defense Figured doesn't matter. Yep. And the Wild, I love hockey. I don't remember a season starting with this little interest in the Wild in forever. I think yeah. this is the. I think this is the least interested people have been in the wild since the year before Suter and Prezi arrived. Don't you? When's the first game again? This tells you how much Thursday, I've been Thursday, Thursday, Thursday in Colorado. In Colorado, and then Saturday night <laughs> they've got Vegas here. But I, I don't. I the wild fans care. I'm not saying they don't care. Right. But I don't think there's any the general general interest, interest whatsoever. Yeah. Wow. We are a complete mess. Mackie joins next. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On
0: 1500 ESPN.